0: Hi, welcome again to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of October 19, 2009. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval Healthcare Marketing Agency that puts on a podcast, and I'm joined today by Adam Meyer.
1: Hey, hello. Good to be here.
0: How you doing, Adam? Good. We're we're, we're still, and Jackie's not with us today, so it's just you and I, Uh, we're all just kind of recollecting ourselves from being gone this week. Jackie's still gone in fact. Traveling all over the place. You were in all Chicago, over. we were yep. in we were in o- Ohio, so uh I actually leave tomorrow. We're recording this uh prior to the 19th and I leave tomorrow for a much needed 4-day weekend vacation. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be awesome going to Las Vegas, my one of my favorite places to go with a bunch of buddies. So fun. Yes, that will be fun, and then, next or the end of this week, I don't know how to talk about this. We try to talk it This is like an episode of Flash Forward. Have you seen that show
1: um no well i don't I don't think it's so. very
0: good. It's very good, but I'm trying to be true to the fact that this is potentially going to be posted on Monday the nineteenth, thus, the title for the week of the October nineteenth yet we record these prior to that and I'm trying to talk about something that's happening on Friday the 23rd, which is this week, if you hear this, next week, and next week if you hear it this week. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm confused now. Perfect. That was my goal. Well, it, a week, so Friday the 23rd, let's just use that date. Uh, we've talked about this before, but we're having a party, which I'm looking forward to. We're getting more and more people signing up, some folks coming in from out of state. Uh should be really fun, and that is a reception uh, kind of a pre-conference reception for Health Camp Minnesota, which we've plugged too. So we thought we'd devote some time to talking more about Health Camp Minnesota here in the beginning. Uh, so if you're kind of on the fence and not sure whether or not you want to go or, or what it's about, uh, you can obviously find out a lot at the website healthcampminnesota.org, and we'll post uh, we'll post links to that and to finding out about our party Friday, because definitely if you're going to the conference, you've got to come to our party. That makes it even more fun. But I thought we could walk through the agenda just a little bit and kind of talk about some of the topics because it, it, it covers a lot of different things. And it starts with Lee Ossie, who we've kind of joked is everywhere. How this guy talks at all the different places he talks is astounding to me. And if you don't know who Lee Ossie is, uh, he is, he is, I don't know if he's director of social media. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's his title. Manager, Syndications and Social Media for the Mayo Clinic. Do you know what syndications means Adam?
1: um well, it means to pull content together in well in one definition if I'm not mistaken,
0: yeah, that sounds more appropriate my uh, the only reference I have to syndication is like the syndicate and the mob and <laughs> <laughs> things that have nothing to do with healthcare or social media, thankfully, so it might be interesting to ask Lee exactly what that means, but I'm sure your definition is closer, but he's the keynote. And so if you if you haven't caught Lee at one of his many stops because he, he does speak everywhere or you can find so much of his stuff online, uh, great opportunity to come here and speak and talk about how Mayo Clinic is using social media. And they're clearly a leader in this. Uh, so, so great way to kick it off. And then I think the next topic is really interesting. I think, Adam, you and I could have some fun with this. It's titled, It's Your Health, Deal With It. And it's here's how it starts the description just about everyone is on the bandwagon of personal consumer behavior makes sense for smokers but how far individuals going to participate in their health care and so this panel discussion which includes uh, Dr. David Moen medical director of care model innovation at Fairview who's pretty well known uh, pretty innovative guy Uh, they're going to talk about the role of the patient and we've talked about this a little bit and and how much we think patients can really manage and direct their care. And I I have some skepticism there as far as how far we can take that when it comes to healthcare reform. I'm all for patient-focused, patient-centered, whatever you want to call that, right? Where hospitals and health systems orient themselves to their customers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unlike the majority of them do today. I think that's fantastic. The more you can involve and engage and empower consumers to be directive in their own care. I think is good, uh, but I think there's a limit to that. You know, what's your What's your take on that, Adam?
1: Well, if if through all this reform, the 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 process of receiving, well, I guess the process of receiving healthcare isn't that complicated. It's just all the back end stuff. It's all the the insurance details, the um, uh, provider details, who where you can go, where you can't go. It's pretty. It's pretty complicated complicated stuff to understand. I mean, if that somehow is simplified throughout this process of reform, then perhaps consumers can take a little more control over it. But I don't know. Until then, I just don't see people wanting to try. It's just too overwhelming and too complicated.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And whether you can simplify all that is a that's a huge question. And I, I also just think there's a limit to what people can manage intellectually uh, with healthcare. I mean, I've joked before until we all get medical degrees, how in the world are we supposed to direct our care? It's so much of it is you have to rely on your physician, you have to rely on a the provider, the, the hospital, the organization to guide you. Uh, and I've read so many, I read a lot of business publications, so fortune, business week, that type of stuff. And you and you have these columnists, who are bright folks who I love their stuff. And they talk about economics and financial system and all that stuff. And then they dip into healthcare and you want to kind of take them aside and say, you know, (laughs) you can't apply all the things that you're thinking about and just put them on healthcare. And, And I'm thinking of one column in particular where the person's advocating strongly for patient directed care and how if we can, if we can empower patients on the demand side of care, meaning since they're the ones demanding care, they need to be empowered to drive what they want. And that will help healthcare reform. And I think my bias is uh, demand is actually in the hands of the suppliers, mm-hmm. meaning the physicians, the hospitals, the health systems who supply this product, this service are also primarily responsible for driving demand. It's mm-hmm. it's unlike Nearly any other industry, in that if I get in a car accident, uh, I may have a preference of where I want to go. So that's fine. I'm saying I want to go to this hospital or that hospital, but uh, there'll be situations where I can't make that choice. And once I'm in there, uh, I'm not telling them what scans to run, I'm not telling them what phones or bones to fix, Uh, I'm not telling them what shots to give me, what blood draws to make. Uh, all of that. I can't do that. I would never be able to do that. Uh, And there's so many circumstances. The majority of circumstances in healthcare fall into that category. Mm -hmm. So I just think we all need to take responsibility for our health as much as we can, eating healthy, exercising, all of that, because that has a huge impact, right? Uh, It's on the acute side where I struggle. So... Uh, we would recommend that uh, you check that out and see how some of the experts uh, play with that one. Uh, the, next, the next one is, can device manufacturers and donor groups benefit from online health communities? Uh, I'm going to skip that one. That sounds interesting, uh, but we don't delve too much into device manufacturing, medical device marketing, that kind of thing. So I'm going to skip to the one that I'm actually participating in, which should be very interesting. Uh, it's called American Idol Doctors, Will It Come to This? And it's basically talking about the value of uh, physician and hospital ranking and ratings, right? And we have beat that horse dead <laughs> over the last few, few podcasts, right? But what's great about this is uh, I'm facilitating the panel, but it's going to include Marianne Stump, who I we know... Uh, she's chief strategy and innovation officer at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota, so she's a leader behind some of their innovative offerings like Healthcare Facts, that that uses the nutrition label design to help compare hospitals, uh, and Healthcare Scoop, uh, which is all about you know posting your patient experiences online so you can share with others and learn. Uh, so she obviously buys into the power of this and the need for this. And then you have Chris Boyer, who I've come to know very well, who's the social media strategist from Healthgrades. And so you've got two, uh, two representatives, really, of organizations that are pushing for more and more of the hospital ratings uh, and the physician ratings and and the importance of those. And so I feel like I'm going to have to play devil's advocate because otherwise there's nobody there, depending on who shows up. Uh, so it could get really interesting. Chris Boyer and I have had some <laughs> amazing discussions around this, and and uh, th- it's not black and white. It's definitely gray, uh, and depending on what we're talking about and how it's used. But uh, what do you think? If, are you familiar with healthcare scoops, Adam? Uh,
1: Actually, I it's just not. health
0: scoop. Health scoop. Right? No, not uh, not.
1: I don't believe I am.
0: Yeah, it's it's a uh, oh. It's basically just a place where you're supposed to post your experiences. So definitely come check this out. There's uh, one more. There's a lunch and keynote discussion uh, that to wrap up the day. Uh, I think the speaker's name is pronounced Rochelle. Uh, it could be Rachel uh, Chrismer, and she's going to talk about uh, kind of her fight for her son who was diagnosed with the disorder. Uh, and how she used the web and other sources to figure out for herself and for her family what she thought was going on to supplement uh, what she was hearing from her providers. So I uh, think that should be a great conference. And, of course, if you're around and you're available, stop by Interval Offices the night before, Friday, October 23rd, 6 to 9 p.m. We'll be having drinks and food and Wii competition. Do we need to pick up a new Wii game for this event, Adam?
1: Uh, we may need to, or we may need to, we may need to at least pick up a second, uh, guitar for Guitar Hero. That's a good idea. Cause it's no to uh, only, or can, I can bring mine in. Maybe that,
0: maybe this is excuse. Is, is, uh, rock band, the Beatles rock band available for the Wii?
1: Uh, it might be.
0: Can I don't know. I'm, I'm,
1: I know regular rock. Regular rock for me. band is regular rock band is available. Right.
0: Well, the Beatles isn't compelling enough for me to buy it for my home, but it, it's interesting enough to me that I could we could have it as a tax write off and bring it <laughs> into the office since we're having a party. Yes, indeed, right? Okay, so so we'll look into that. Maybe we'll have a new Wii game. If that's not reason enough to stop by, I don't know what is. <laughs> okay. So, the, you know, the other thing we wanted to talk about was a post that, Adam, you put up uh, this week, last week, depending on when you're listening to this, about the new kind of this year's Blair Witch Project, right? Mm-hmm. It's a low-end, uh, scary thriller. So, and the, na- the name of the movie is Paranormal Activity. So, uh, uh, so it took them, uh, it cost them
1: $11,000 to produce this movie. Obviously, eleven thousand dollars—very small budget. Uh, nothing really left for uh, much marketing. But you know, people saw this movie; they loved it, and they told their friends and their, you know their friends and family about it through uh, you know in person, Facebook, Twitter. You know, this thing just took off that way, and this just shows that 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 really is really is a possibility. You know, I think a lot of people look at social networking tools and just assume that uh, they're too hard to use, um, don't know how to get into them. You know, and the the, the the point to all this is that you know you don't even need to necessarily know that much about these tools. You create something awesome, the people are going to use these tools to talk about it. Um, you know that's one thing I alluded to a little bit in the in the blog post too. Is that we see a lot of hospitals and health systems jumping on uh, the, the social networking bandwagon, getting into Twitter, getting into Facebook, which is which is good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think a lot of them don't necessarily understand the power of really. Being there. When I say being there, you know, I mean having ten thousand fans or followers is uh, is one thing, but having that many people talking about you, even if you're not there, that's where the real power of social networking is. And um, you know, I just fear a lot of these health systems and hospitals who are getting into this uh, don't haven't quite grasped that end of it. Well, so one of the other nuggets.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. what, What I would what I would add to that, Adam, is. It's like any other communications channel. I mean, if if all of a sudden we discovered TV ads in the last two years and people were like, oh, my gosh, there's this new communication channel to promote and talk about ourselves through TV, you you still have to fall back to some of the primary tenets of what we're doing here. You've got to speak in ways that are relevant to your audience. They have to be compelling. So just being on Facebook or in Twitter – uh, if if you're still talking about yourself, if the content isn't you know different or exciting or compelling in some way, it you're not leveraging it the right way. So that's what I think I take away from the the movie and why it took off. The the social media vehicles channels uh, were kind of the fuel to the fire, but you still have to have fire. And that was a, a compelling uh, video. It was a compelling movie. Right. right. Well, that that was shot right. for eleven thousand
1: well, bucks. Well, to your point, I think what a lot of people are missing is the fire. People talk about right. the fire. they talk about how cool it is um you know you've got a lot of hospitals and health systems jumping onto Twitter and Facebook and, you know they're there and they're sh- they're putting up photos once in a while, saying, "Have a nice day," talking about news but the thing is they're the only ones doing the talking in a lot of cases which isn't necessarily a bad thing you know it's it's if people invite you into their stream they want to hear from you you know there's there's definitely pros to just being there but the power of social networking is when other people talk about you and that spreads you know like like wildfire right. um and I, that that's what i think a lot of people aren't aren't getting aren't grasping um when it comes to healthcare and social media <clears throat> and for that to happen that's that's typically outside the realm of social media altogether. If you have something like in, in this case it was a movie, it was something awesome that people wanted to talk about. Um so if if these if health providers uh, had awesome experiences worth talking about, you know, they that that's where the that's where the real power is to get people talking about you, not talking about your Facebook presence, but talking about you as right. as a, as an organization. Um Right. Uh, so one of the other nuggets was sell the experience, not the product. Um, you know, I think that's, that's also another, uh, problem in healthcare is that a lot of times people want to talk about the product. They don't want to talk about the experience. You see ads full of smiling doctors. You, you hear them talking about, um, you know, everything, but the experience in many cases, uh, with this movie, with the trailer, uh they really focused on you know it's raw footage of of people watching the movie they really focused on <clears throat> the the experience of going to this movie and watching it uh, they didn't think they could uh, achieve a good a decent trailer they didn't think the experience would be conveyed if the trailer was just movie footage so the mo- so the trailer was footage of the movie intermixed with um uh, uh clips of people experiencing it jumping in their seats and saying how cool they thought it was <clears throat> so yep. in in this case, they sold the experience, not just the product. And um, you know, the other nugget that I thought was great to take away with, from this was that it does you know it doesn't have to be beautiful to be remarkable. You know they, there was the movie was acquired um, by a movie company from 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 the independent people who shot it, um, and the, the movie company thought that, I think it was DreamWorks um, were planning to reshoot it with you know named actors, faces that people knew. You know, make this thing, you know, it wasn't, no, it was no longer the unknown. We got to get the beautiful faces in there and then it's going to sell. Obviously they were wrong. Um, I think probably part of what made this movie awesome and feel somewhat authentic in its, you know, scary nature was the fact that you don't know who these people are. It just helps right. you kind of, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not watching Kirk Cameron and thinking, you know, some eighties sitcom I'm watching Kurt somebody Cameron. I don't know. So I don't, well, I, just, <laughs> I don't know why that's the first name that came to my head. But it's um you know you're not there, there aren't that pre associations that you would have so it's like right. that well you now you know you're really at the actors to this situation not to something else um, it, in the, you know and I think it, go ahead
0: in a movie like that it was like the Blair Witch where where what makes it scary is that it feels authentic they're both shot like they're documentaries like this is right. really happening and if you put a name actor in there it immediately takes you away from that. You immediately know this isn't going to happen. A great If you ever saw Quarantine, which was also shot, it was more high level, but it was shot in the same way. It was supposed to be a camera crew going to this uh, building in New York or somewhere that is quarantined because there's rabies in it and the people turn into zombies or whatever. Uh, But there's (laughs) actors in it that you recognize. It's a very scary movie, but if they would have been anonymous folks like in this movie – you, it might have given you more of a sense that it was a documentary. It was still too well shot, if that makes sense. You could tell right. from the production values that this isn't somebody in their home, like this movie is. This movie it could look like somebody actually shot this. At least that's my understanding. I haven't seen it, but from the trailer, it looks like hey, this this couple is real, and they actually shot this. And just like Blair Witch was, which makes it creepier
1: to no end. Right, right, right. So with that, with that, you know, particular nugget, the whole, it, you know, it doesn't have to be beautiful to be remarkable. I think that in a huge way is applicable to healthcare. Um, in that you see, you know, you see hospital after hospital remodeling, um, making these beautiful facilities, thinking that's going to turn, you know, that that's going to be exactly what the people want. You know, it needs to be, it needs to look like a Starbucks when you walk in here. But then when you get in there, if the experience still sucks, it doesn't matter how beautiful your facility is. The first thing that needs to be fixed is the experience. Um, you could have a, a hole in the wall, just a you know, concrete brick wall, cinder block walls, but an awesome experience inside of there. Um, and and that could be something people are gonna talk about. You know, obviously if you combined a beautifully remodeled building with an awesome experience already, even better. Right. But um I think I think that's a pitfall that a lot of systems fall into and, and that's also something that uh you know we we didn't dive too much into the whole uh health health leaders media conference that I was at it in chicago but that that was that was a very uh, um, the the two people who spoke at the start, Gary Adamson and sonia Rhodes, um that was something that was one point they touched on right there was if you don't if you don't fix your patient experience before you remodel your facilities it's all for not. You might as well not even, right. you might as well not even do it because people are still aren't going to be coming through the door or at least you're not going to be getting the great word of mouth that you would be otherwise. So, um, yep. great article. I'd check it out. Um, if you have a chance to watch the movie, let us know what you thought. Cause I, I don't think I can handle it. Um, we'd love to hear.
0: I'm going to try to watch it. I don't know if I'll go to the theaters to watch it, but uh, maybe I'll download it or I don't know if you can do that yet with it, but uh, somehow I'll take a look at it. I like those kind of movies uh, in the right context. I like getting my pants scared off. I think that's that's a blast. But uh, Blair Witch, you know what? What's what's very interesting about this, and we'll kind of wrap it up with this is uh, when I first saw the Blair Witch project, my a friend of mine had gotten a copy of it and had it on DVD. So I assume that's illegal. So I won't say who the friend was. Uh, <laughs> but but literally, we put it in the the laptop and watched it, and so we're sitting there in like our home office watching this movie on a laptop and it creeped us out on the laptop. And then when we went, we were telling people, this is amazing. You got to go see it. And we went to the theater with some friends and they're like, well, you know, this isn't that scary and whatever. And I think a big part of it was part of it is probably we built it up so much, which, you know, makes it hard to live up. But the other part was you're in a theater. And so, you know that, okay, I'm in a theater. I'm bracing myself. You're at home in your basement. You're watching something on a laptop. Yeah. and it feels like this is real, and your skin right. starts crawling. You start looking behind you and look, making sure the lights are on and all that kind of stuff yep, yep. because it feels authentic. So that's, I think, yeah. in, in essence what this is all about is the authenticity is is a huge part of the experience and, and makes it more compelling if you can bring that off. Right. All right, so should we wrap it up here? Let's wrap it up. All right, let's do it. So for Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Chris Bevelo adam meyer uh we hope to see you at our party on the 23rd and or at health camp minnesota on the 21st so 24th mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm totally stuck in a time warp saturday the 24th <laughs> health camp minnesota we will see you then take care see you later.